Perhaps you're an entrepreneur whose company has grown past the point of getting your arms around every aspect. It would be helpful if you transition responsibilities to other members of your team, but you need to stay informed as you continue to build the business. As with many companies, management systems typically grow organically, often built around classic bureaucratic structures with individual departments and reporting. However, most leaders struggle to keep everyone aligned and often complain about poor communication and problem solving. Many now look to one of several prepackaged operating models like Scaling Up or the Entrepreneurial Operating System, EOS for short. They are infused with elements from many famous theorists and timeless tools to run a business. In this episode, we'll talk to Dan Roddenbush, President and CEO of Oliver, about EOS, a system that is used by over 80,000 companies around the world. Dan has used EOS as a management platform throughout his career, first as an entrepreneur, and then as an executive responsible for the integration of over 30 acquisitions and business combinations. Dan Roddenbush, welcome to our podcast series. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me. And also thanks to New York Institute of Technology, the School of Management, for this opportunity to be part of the series. Dan, tell us a little bit about your current position and your prior experience in starting and then merging companies together. Well, I consider myself a very fortunate guy. In my current role, I'm president and CEO of Oliver, Inc., which is a premier packaging and print company. We have three brands in our company, Oliver Printing and Packaging in Cleveland, Ohio, Disc on Long Island, New York, and Polig in Richmond, Virginia. And what brought you to Oliver? What was that background that got you here? It's a good question, John. One of the reasons why I feel fortunate is throughout my career, not necessarily planned, I've had both entrepreneurial and corporate experience, and I've had two successful startups. I worked with other smaller companies that grew and evolved, and I've also been with billion-dollar companies such as Oneida Limited, glassware, flatware, dinnerware. We all had some of their flatware in our drawers one point in time, and Scott Paper Company, which obviously is a household brand. So I'm very thankful that I had that blend of big company and entrepreneur experience, which is really the entrepreneurial piece is what I'm using right now at Oliver Inc. Now, a lot of that experience came principally through the sales and strategy development side of the business, right? Yeah, it did. So I actually went to a college in New England by the name of Bentley College, which is well known for accounting. Now, along the way, you had a variety of executive positions. And I believe after you left Oneida, you started a company that was essentially a sales and marketing tool for very large companies selling into the food service industry. One of my startups was what we called Venture Cornerstone Sales. And we were initially a Northeast-focused company and grew to the point where we went to Maine, from Maine to Florida. And what we did is we did the sales, marketing, and advertising for companies like Sarah Lee, Tyson Foods, on the food side, to name a few. And then on the, what we call the non-food side, the packaging side of the business, represented very large companies, very well-known brands such as Pactive, Kais Fiber, Chinette, again, to name a few brands that people might recognize. And that company caught the attention of Acosta, right? So Venture Cornerstone Sales was focused on the commercial side, and we started from scratch and finally ended up selling the business to Acosta in 2012. 
We were the first acquisition by Acosta in the commercial space. They had been rolling up the retail side of the industry for about 10 plus years and very successful company, about $5 billion in revenue. So being the first roll up and catching their attention, I was fortunate to be the leader of the non-food space, which put me in a position where we completed 34 acquisitions over a four to five year period of time. Now, to accomplish all of that in a relatively short period of time, you must have started to see a pattern or you must have had a formula that you, in your mind or with your team, that as you examine each company and then you wanted to integrate it. And one of the things that you and I spoke about was that we always look through past the revenue side, past the way they they run the business, but really what's beneath that? And that was those foundation, that core values and and a vision and and certainly a group of people that seem to get it, all work together and seem aligned. Mm -hmm. Well, I like to say that if you don't get people and culture correct the first time, you're probably going to have a challenge integrating a business. So we always look for the best people, people that have a common vision. I like to say a common compass that guides them internally. So people are critical. The culture then basically guides the people. So having a culture that is made up of core values against a core focus is very important. And really, we have a management platform that we use at Oliver Inc. now called EOS. There's a lot of acronyms that I'm about ready to throw out, John, so bear (laughs) with me. But EOS stands for Entrepreneurial Operating Systems, and it's a management platform that I've used in past lives. It was founded by Gino Wickman, who wanted to make sure that there was a management model that didn't necessarily have the complexity, and I like to say window dressings that you might find with other management models, but it was just to the point, and it really did focus on the important things, and it brought the management team together. It set a common vision so that we as a company know exactly where we want to be in three years, how we're going to get there. We're all aligned on that together. So we built our vision first. We set our core values, which in our case, we have five. The first one is passion. The second one is respect for each other, for our suppliers, for our customers, for each other. Uh, We also like to be customer-centric because customers are important to any business. They're very important to us. We want to be a creative solution supplier is our next core value, which means that we operate with creativity. We do not want to be in the commodity game where our transaction and relationship is based on price. We want our value to be known based upon the creativity that we bring to our customers. And the last thing which we spend a lot of time on is enjoying what you do. We truly want our people to enjoy what they do. And we say all the time, we want to increase the fun meter. We just want people to have fun because as human beings, we all like to have fun. And But you're not doing this in a vacuum. You must have, you, you assemble the team and the team gets together and you develop all of these things, right? Absolutely. That's a very good point. So we have an annual EOS meeting, which for us is coming up soon, the middle of November as we prepare for 2020. And our top leadership team gets together. And it's what we really call our EOS team. And we get together and we set our plan for 
not only 2020, but we relook at what our three-year plan is at that point in time. We then meet on a quarterly basis to see how we're doing against that plan, to evaluate our scorecard. There's crystal clear, measurable objectives that are set as part of the EOS annual meeting. And then we bring that down into the organization so it's very transparent and virtually all of our people within the organization understand our plan, understand how we're going to get there, how we're going to measure it, and most importantly, what their role is in impacting that plan. So you have this annual meeting, you come up with the mission, the vision, you come up with a plan, way of measuring, a set of metrics that you'll measure against. And you mentioned that you get everyone within the organization on board. How exactly is that done? Well, there's two ways. First of all, as a EOS leadership team, which is our senior leadership team, and there are six of us, every Tuesday morning, at 8.15 till 9.45. So we get going at 8.15 and we have an hour and a half dedicated to what we call a level 10 meeting. We talk about the prior week results. So we do measure our numbers, our output as a company on a weekly basis. We speak about any people and customer opportunities and issues that might be going on. And then this is where the meeting gets very interesting. The next step is we talk about our rocks. And rocks, quite frankly, are nothing different than the word objectives. So as a leadership team, from the prior quarter, or the current quarter, I should say, end up with rocks or objectives that they're personally accountable. We report on those rocks on a weekly basis, and we simply say whether the rock is on track or off track. So it's very, very helpful. Now, John, you asked, how do we take it further down into the organization? So there are EOS meetings. We've had EOS launches within the company that have taken it down to the level right below us. And I don't like talking levels, quite frankly, because I don't necessarily believe in a hierarchy. But I do believe the fact that everybody has to know what each other is doing. Sure. So when we take it down to the next level for EOS, that's our direct reports. And then from that point, our direct reports will take it down to their direct reports until we get to the entire organization. And along the way with EOS, several people have asked me, wow, an hour and a half every Tuesday is a long time to dedicate to this. And what we found as a team, which was very, very beneficial to us, is because we're all together for an hour and a half on Tuesday morning and raising all these issues, and most importantly, solving these problems, that it cut down on the amount of email and voicemail and live interaction that we have to have with each other during the week. Yeah, well, one of the things that I'm hearing is is that it really keeps everybody focused on, on the prize. It keeps everybody focused not only in the main objective of the organization, but beyond that, it also, okay, if there's an issue or a problem to be solved and you're assigned that, there's no hiding. I mean, it's transparent. People are going to know right away whether or not you're on track or not, whether you've actually solved it, whether it's a permanent solution, a temporary solution. It sounds like you really get to the nitty-gritty, the meat of the matter, so to speak. Exactly. And quite frankly, John, you hit it on the head. And I think we all know that a lot of companies identify problems, and about 90% of companies in the world 
continue to talk about the problems, talk and talk, and weeks go by and months go by, and they never solve the problems. And we're committed to, on a weekly basis, solving any issue that might come up. That day that the problem comes up, we set a clear path on how we're going to solve that problem if we don't solve it that day, Mm. which is very effective. Yeah, and not only that, but you talked earlier about measurement, right? Measuring, creating a set of metrics that you'll benchmark against or you'll look out at things that you want to achieve. And I guess that's also part of these meetings. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, certainly measuring goes back to the annual plan, Mm -hmm. then the quarterly plan, and then the weekly plan and follow-up. So we're relooking and revising our objectives no less frequently than every three months, which really keeps us very contemporary in our planning process. Right. And it allows you, it sounds like what it does is it allows the organization then to react to what's happening real time, so to speak. So if the market changes or a customer change happens, then you get a chance to react to that quickly. That's exactly right. I mean, being quick and nimble, we actually call it flexible. We consider ourselves a very flexible company. We want to be nimble and we want to be flexible in the eyes of our customers delivering results. Yeah, and also sounds like you don't withhold data and information from the team. Everybody hears what's happening all the way down to, let's say, and I hate to use it, but everyone says from the front office to the loading dock. Everybody hears what's happening. You're absolutely right with that. And it starts with our annual plan or what we call our three-year picture. Everybody has the same three-year picture that I have as the CEO. Everybody knows what our revenue goals are, what our EBITDA goals are, how we're going to get there, what we want our margins to be, the people that we need to bring into the company. Really, every detail that comes with an effective, summarized sales strategy or overall business strategy. The second piece of this is the reporting back to our people. So as the CEO, one of my responsibilities under the EOS model is to report on a quarterly basis to our company. So I travel to our operating companies, which I do frequently anyway. On a quarterly basis, I'm giving them an update on our company. So I'm very specific with them, but yet brief to make sure that they understand how we did, where we're going, what things may have changed or evolved, any key things that might be beneficial for them to know. But really, more importantly, the overall strategy in that quarterly update is for me to communicate with them so that they truly feel a part of our company. Because if you feel a part of something, you're just going to perform better. You're going to feel better about the company that you work for. You're going to feel closer to it. And quite frankly, you're going to feel more invested in the company's success. And that's ultimately where we want our people to be. And again, you know, as we discussed this earlier, is that it's sort of like it's an integration of what you hear from all these theorists, whether it's Cotter, Lewin, Maslow. You talk about continuous improvement programs and all of these acronyms out there. It seems like EOS has sort of pulled all that together and made it a pretty simple model. That's exactly right. And there are several other authors and in systems that EOS will tell you that they've taken from because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of great things out there. But then they've combined it and they've put it in a model that is easy to execute. And it really comes down to what is called a vision traction organizer. Simply put, it creates a vision, it keeps us organized, and there's a program behind it to track results. 
Great. So that's pretty simple when you think about it, John. It really is. And, and again, it's an integration of well-regarded theories and models out there. And it puts it into a fairly simple format. And although you use the word plan or planning several times, the reality is you develop a long-term plan. You then have a short-term strategy on how to accomplish that. So it sounds like this really does keep you, and you use the word traction, keep you on track. Well, in fact, you talk about traction. And for those that are listening, I would highly recommend that you pick up the book, buy it on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. It's called Traction, and it was written by Gina Wickman, the founder of EOS. It's been a significant part of our company's success. Dan, you're the leader of the organization. Describe your leadership style. Oh, boy. You know, that's not easy to talk about all the time, but I would say that I'm a leader by example. I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. In fact, I like it. I like to interact with people that do all different jobs within our organization. I would consider myself firm but fair and always try to do the right thing for the company. Yeah. Because if you take care of the company, right. the company will take care of us. Yeah. You live the values that we espouse here. Try to. And I tell everybody, if I'm not, please let me know. Okay. <laughs> Dan, summarizing things, what one word describes who you are? Passionate. Didn't have to think about that one too long, John. So my belief is passion is a key. That's a key to a personal life, success in a personal life, and certainly success in business. If you think about companies that have continued to win and reinvent themselves, you can think about the brands and the companies that do that on a regular basis. And I'm sure in your lives, all of you know and have relationships with passionate people that every day... They just won't give up. And as long as they believe in what they're doing and they have a clear plan and it's supported by passion and hard work, they'll be successful. Great. Hey, Dan, thanks so much for joining us and we really appreciate all your insights. Hey, thanks for having me again, John. And it's been fun. Thanks. As Dan describes, successfully managing a business requires a focus on clearly defined objectives, building a culture that provides a sense of purpose and having employees feeling connected with the organization. To accomplish this, Dan relies on EOS as a blueprint to follow in developing, communicating, and executing the company's strategy and plans. But irrespective of whether you implement EOS or any number of management systems or develop your own, the fundamentals of vision, core values, planning, and execution are the same. Get everyone working on a common goal, have a structure for communication, problem solving, and accountability, share data and information. Done correctly, the results will be a more cohesive, focused, and productive leadership team. Dan, thanks for your time, and thanks for those great insights. This podcast is executive produced by John Rebecki and New York Institute of Technology in conjunction with School of Management and the Office of Strategic Communications and External Affairs. The Director of Professional Enrichment and producer of this podcast is Deborah Cohn. Our executive producer and social media strategist is Paulina Lamanier. Our audio editor and mixer is Brian Falk from Abacus Entertainment. Special thanks to Constance Talesha and Petra Shantaraga. Until next time.